Welcome to Hillside Baptist Church Podcast. We are a church that is committed to preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is our privilege to open God's word with you. It is our prayer that you receive the message from the man of God with an open heart. That through God's word, you are encouraged and equipped to face life's challenges. But most importantly, it is our prayer that you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior if you haven't already. If you'd like to connect with us, you can do so at hillsidebc.com, find us on Facebook, or send us an email at info at hillsidebc.com. We hope that you benefit from today's message and that you would share it with a friend. But let's now open our hearts and God's Word. Look, look within the Bible with me. We're going to be in Psalm chapter 95, and uh, just on my heart, while we were in the Philippines, one thing that impressed me was they knew how to sing. And not just uh, congregation, not just specials up here, choirs, although those were good, but the congregation would sing. And, I, and so it got to me thinking, what's the Bible say about congregation singing? And so tonight we're going to spend some time talking about singing. Uh, we might even do a little singing. Are you all going to have fun with me tonight? All right, good. I like having fun. I really like songs. My dad was uh, our music director growing up, and both of us in the choir, we loved him. Just kidding. <laughs> You'll catch up to that in a second. Uh, we just had a really good time in our church there in Ennis, and uh, I tell you, I grew up in a, in a family watching mom and dad sing. Uh, my grandfather was uh, a good singer. My nanny was a good singer, and I just thank the Lord for uh, that kind of heritage. And it's important, I believe, for the people of God to be people who sing. So let's look at Psalm 95, verses 1 and 2, and we're going to do a little bit different kind of a message tonight, but I hope it's going to be fun for us. So if you'll interact with me, we're going to have a lot of fun this evening. So Psalms 95, verses 1 and 2. Do you have it? Say amen. All right, good. He says, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. Let's stop and pray. Thank you, Lord, for uh, just this reminder tonight uh, of that we come into your presence with singing. And Lord, what a joy it is as a church to be a, a singing church. Uh, and Lord, uh, that your scriptures uh, speak heavily of the importance and value of song. And so God, help us tonight as we just begin uh, to study your word regarding this, that we would ha have a, a fervent love and desire for lifting our voice in praise to you, our King, our Lord, our friend, our Savior. We thank you, Lord, for all you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you go into churches across America today, you're going to walk in, and one of the very first things that's going to happen is you're going to find people who do what? They're going to sing, right? And you're going to walk in, and somewhere along the line, though, it's gone from a congregation singing to a few people on a platform singing, uh, and we've seen this. And so instead of singing and interacting, we are observing uh, and I've been burdened because a lot of churches are more like, maybe uh, it's like a concert atmosphere. The people on the platform perform, but we forget that it's our job in the pew uh, to interact with this and to be people who sing. But it's congregational singing that I think is, that really blesses the Lord. Think about this song. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. It's not just the pianist, it's not just the song leader, it's all of us. We will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing. That's a choice that we make. And we say, listen, Lord, I want to give you praise. I want to give you thanks. I want to lift up your name in song because song is important. Listen, singing can be joyful, can it? 
and I look in my mind's eye and I remember all the burdens or all the, the blessings of, of singing together in church. And I can't help but, uh, but be blessed by the many memories that I have of singing with uh, those that I love. But listen, sometimes singing can be difficult. I, I remember after mom went to heaven uh, and I thought, man, uh, she was a person who loved to sing. Dad was a person who loved to sing. And so when I came to church the first time, it was like somebody got a hold of your voice box and just went... Argh! And you couldn't get a word out. And I'm like, you know, if you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. So there's times where maybe singing can be difficult. Sometimes we have hurts or struggles that we're facing that make, make just, uh, just singing to the Lord difficult. Or maybe you're like, a, uh, like many parents today, you're underslept and over-caffeinated. And so when you come into church, singing can seem overwhelming. So you stand there and say, all right, let's, let's do this too. You know, and sometimes that happens in life. But that's not the way God intended it. And song has been an important part of the church. It's been an important part of, uh, of our worship to God. For centuries, even before Christ came, we saw that was important to the Israelites as they worshiped the Lord. The, almost the entire book of Psalms is a book of songs where they would sing it to the Lord. They would come in and they would sing these songs unto the Lord. Listen, the Apostle Peter, he wrote to the local churches in 1 Peter 2.9, and he says, Ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness and into His marvelous light. Peter says, listen, our lives should show forth our praise to God. Well, one way we do that is by singing. And one day... When I, I can't tell you how many years working together, a pastor didn't always sing going down the hallway, but would always what? Whistle. That's right. You would always hear him whistling. And, and that was a song that was in his heart. I'm a singer. I, don't, I can't whistle. I can barely whistle for my dog. Uh, and even then, the dog covers his ears, but that's another story. Listen, but God's called us to be people who sing. The Bible says the result of that filling of the Spirit is Ephesians 5, 19 and 20, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so singing then is a part of that, uh, that overflow of God's Spirit in our life. And congregational singing then is one of the greatest and most beautiful tools we've been given to declare all of God's goodness and excellencies in this life. Listen, He wants us to sing. He calls us to sing. And in the New Testament implies that singing is important. It's been said many times over that Christians are a singing people, but sometimes instead of a singing people, we are a mouth along with the words kind of people. Maybe we're a watermelon person. And that's how we sing. But did you know 500 years ago, in the autumn of 1517, there was a German monk named Martin Luther. He became known as what is uh, the father of the Reformation of the church. Uh, but it was not just his preaching, but it was the singing that he revitalized in the church. And so we think of Martin Luther as a theologian or someone who was a preacher, but he was also a prolific hymn writer. He wrote uh, hundreds of hymns. And he really reinvigorated singing in the, uh, in the church at that time. 
And so how the congregation sing was a question for, for Luther. He wanted to know, listen, how are we singing? What does it mean? And, and so he began to be able to teach in, in, uh, in the church that it's important that we sing. He said this, Let God speak directly to His people through the Scriptures and let His people respond with grateful songs of praise. Many of Luther's enemies feared his hymns more than the man himself because he was such a, song, uh, uh, such a man of song. Singing was at the heart of the Reformation. It was at the heart of uh, conviction for Luther. And matter of fact, it was uh, Luther's predecessor, uh, John, uh, John Huss, that he was martyred uh, for, among other things, uh, heresy of the congregation singing. So it, was, it is an evidence of when God revives a heart, man, it, we sing about it, don't we? Revive us again, fill each heart with thy love. May each soul be rekindled with fire from above. Sing it with me. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. You see, singing's part of who we are. Singing's part of what God wants us to be. And as we see this in the Scriptures tonight, we see, listen, God calls us in Psalms 95 and verse number 1, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. He is the object of our praise. He's the center of our worship. He is everything we need tonight. And if you're wondering what's wrong with me, I had too much Dr. Pepper at lunch. You have to forgive me. The, therm the theologian Ligon uh, Duncan said this, There is no part of the worship life more in need of reformation today than congregational singing. Oh, that we would as a church be willing to say, you know what, I don't care what anyone thinks, I'm going to sing. And so we're going to look at and address some of these, uh, these things, the excuses we often give ourselves. Well, I just don't sing very good, Pastor. We're going to talk about that here this evening. Don't you worry, because it's important that we as a church say, listen, it's important that we lift our voice to the Lord. Now, it's easy to understand and it's easy to think that what we're used to, maybe what we enjoy the most, is what God loves the most or is pleased by. But you know, there's different styles throughout the world. If you go to Africa, that singing might look a little different than it does here in America. It's definitely going to have a different dialogue. It's going to have a different language. But they'll use different instruments, maybe. Listen, but the key in, in our congregational singing is who do we honor in our singing? It's not about uh, me on the platform, but about the Lord Jesus Christ who died for us. You see, that's the key. And God really intends for us to re be reminded that the central figure of all of our singing is Jesus Christ. And so when you are not, or I am not, participating in singing, what happens is we have the focus on us instead of Christ. You see, because what we're saying is, uh, I'm too embarrassed to sing, or maybe I just don't want to. And I get it, there are times where it's hard to sing, as I mentioned a while ago. But I remember thinking in those, those months following mom's death, and I remember thinking, Lord, I want to sing again, I'm going to, because you're worthy of my praise, and I'm going to sing. Tears would come, my wife would grip my hand, and I'd say, I'll make it, don't worry. We're just going to keep singing. Listen, we can do that. We can sing because God intends for His people to be a people who joyfully join together and sing unto Him. Did you know you were created to sing? 
You know, see, God, God made us in a special way, and God called us to sing, but he, he created us really for this purpose of singing because God didn't just create us to be people who speak, and we can speak truth, but God wants us to sing as well. When I returned from the Philippines, I, was, I remember, I, you know, before I left, it was like 30 degrees, and when I got back, it was a little warmer. And so the morning birds had come out, and, and the windows were opened early in one morning. And I was sitting there reading my Bible uh, on the couch where I normally do, and I could, I could hear the songbirds start up in the morning. And I could hear them just as the sun was cresting over the horizon. And I remember thinking, Lord, everything this morning is singing your praise. And I thought, man, Lord, how important that we as your people realize that you, didn't, you created creation to sing, but also we're called to sing. We're designed, we're designed to sing. And listen to this. God designed you to be a singer. Now, you may not be uh, the next, um, I, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a person on Gold City or uh, any of those groups. You, that may not be your calling. That's okay. But you are called to sing. Psalms chapter 139, look there in your Bible with me, Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14, because we are created to be singers regardless of ability. Verse 13, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb, and this is his response, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. You see, the song is written in our DNA. I'm reminded of when our children were born, and they came out, and, and they began to make those noises, and they would coo, and sometimes that coo would sound, kind of sound like a sing-song, coo. And then later, as they developed and they got a little older, maybe they would uh, mumble those indistinct words uh, of a song. You see, that's part of God's design and who we are. Our desire, uh, even for song, is seen in the fact that we make musical instruments, and so we see that, hey, if I pluck this string, it makes this sound. And if I lengthen the string, it makes it a little deeper. And if I shorten the string, it makes it a little higher. And we realize, hey, these things uh, will help us in our singing. And so if you look in Genesis chapter 4, verses 21 and 22, if you go all the way back even before the flood, that singing was a part of the makeup of people. Look in verse 421, it says, And his brother's name was Jubal, and he was the father of all such as handled the harp and organ, and Zillah, and she also bare Tubal Cain, an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron, and the sister of Tubal Cain was Naaman. Now we look at this and we see uh, that even before the flood, listen, creation uh, or uh, evolutionists want, want you to tell you uh, and believe that we've just kind of evolved over time and created things, but listen, we were intelligent even before the flood. Uh, and this is one evidence of that, that we had harps and organs and musical instruments, and they made brass and iron, those types of things. Some of that technology was probably lost for thousands of years uh, until it was rediscovered. But listen, throughout history and throughout Scripture, we see God's people use this gift of song to praise Him. Why? Because God is the giver of life. You see, your ability to sing is fearfully and wonderfully made. Around the 12-week mark, show that next slide, I think. Around the 12-week mark, God uh, allows uh, a baby that is growing in the womb to begin to develop those, uh, those vocal cords. 
And those vocal cords are developed even in the womb. They could uh, speak and talk and, and different things if, that, uh, was, if they were out of the womb. And even 12 weeks, that begins to develop in a child. Why is that important to God? Because He knows that this voice is an instrument where we can praise the Lord. Did you know you have the same ability to sing like Frank Sinatra? Every single one of you have the same parts and pieces that Frank Sinatra has. You can sing. And, and here's the... Now, I will never sound like Frank Sinatra, I'm, I'm, I, I don't think. But I have this... I have the same parts. Okay. Somebody slap him. All right. So you think about this. Breath flows up from the lungs. It vibrates through the vocal cords and, 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 and through our throat. It pushes sound through our articulators of our mouth, our tongue, and our lips. And the next thing we know, there is a voice, there is, there is singing that is coming out. Listen, it's not a byproduct of God's real intent of just us being able to speak. It is part of God's design that we are able to sing. And so God designed not just our bodies, but also our mind, our psyche, to sing. You see, when we sing praise to God, there's something that happens because it's not just a vocal box that's engaged. God created our mind to judge the pitch and the lyric, to think through the concepts of what we sing about. Man, one of my favorite uh, songs is How Deep the Father's Love for Me. How Deep the Father's Love for Me. And, and I cannot hardly get through that song without crying because of the... the uh, amount of love that was shown for us on the cross is so incredible. And that, that uh, as I sing that song, my mind goes back to the cross. And my mind goes back to the love of the Lord. And I think, Lord, it was even me that nailed Him there. And it, and it affects my heart. It's not just my vocal box, but it's my mind, it's my heart, it's my emotions, my imagination, my memory. All of this and ties in together. I would bet to say that most of you can remember more lyrics to songs than you can remember Scripture. How many of you... I know Sister Rhonda loves to memorize Scripture to song because she says she can do it better. And so uh, that is one way that we memorize Scripture. There's actually cadence in our body. And, and one of the things I tell people when you memorize Scripture, the best thing you can do is you can walk while you memorize Scripture because there's a cadence, a rhythm about your body. And so as you do that, it kind of develops this da-da-da, da-da-da in your, your Scripture memory and allows you to memorize those things. You see, because God made us to be musical. It's not just something that happened, evolved over time, but this is what happened. God formed our hearts to be moved with a depth of feeling and the whole range of emotion as the melody carries truths of who God is and whose we are. So here's the excuse. What if I can't sing? How many of you have used that excuse? All right, good. This one's for you tonight. All right, so, so what if I can't sing? I've got some good, good uh, answer for this. And so what, what sometimes we mean is by this, the sound that comes out of my mouth when I try to sing is not what I was hoping for. That may be a better way to say it, right? Not that I can't sing. It's just that it's kind of like if I come over here to the piano and, and I take a moment and I say, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to play the piano tonight. Well, it, it's not going to be quite the same as if maybe Sister Diana or Sister Wendy or someone else because I can play piano. It's just not pleasing to you. And you're thinking the same thing. Well, that's my singing preacher. Listen, maybe you can recall, maybe there was, when you were a kid, there was an awkward conversation and someone said, hey, could you please mouth the words instead of singing them? Maybe someone told you that. Maybe it was your spouse. I don't know. 
But listen, sometimes it's, uh, someone suggested when you thought you could be in the school or the church choir, someone came to you and said, you know, this may not be the best, gift, uh, best fit for your gifts. And you were quietly asked to dismiss yourself from the room. I, I don't know. Some of those things happen. But if you can speak, you can physically, you can sing. And God designed you to sing and gave you everything you need to be able to sing. And He wants you to. That's the incredible thing is it doesn't matter if it's beautiful to your neighbor because you're not singing to him or her anyway. Listen, think about this. Christian singing begins in the heart. Ephesians 5.19. We looked at this a second ago, but I want to look at a different part of this. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual song, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. My children are at different stages in their life, and each one has a different ability to sing or not sing. And, and so I listen to them, and I am, let me tell you, as a parent, I am just as moved when one of them, uh, when any of my children sing. And when I can hear them sing, it's a blessing to their dad's heart. And if that's the way I look at my children as an earthly father, imagine what your heavenly father thinks of you when you sing. And when you lift up your voice, your heavenly father cares whether or not we sing and what we sing. He doesn't not mind how well you sing. I'll be honest, one of my children has more of a squawk than a song, but I love it. It blesses my heart. I see that, I hear that little voice just squeak out there, and I think, Lord, thank you that, that this child has a heart to sing. You know, we may have a choir that has some voices that have some ability, but the greatest choir is the congregation of the church. You see, the true beauty of congregational uh, uh, church and singing is that our voices and our hearts are knit together in praise. You see, what we lacked in 2020, when we were all together and we're home and we're watching uh, church online, do you remember those days? I will never go back to that. And, and we're watching that at home, and we're trying to sing with our family, you know, around the TV. I think there was a couple of times where I was actually home with them. I couldn't be here for uh, COVID purposes, probably. Anyways, and we're watching this, and we're trying to participate. And, and I noticed that it's a little more difficult to connect with your church family when you're not able to hear each other sing together. You see, that's one of the beauties about this this body, as we come together and as believers we sing, it knits our hearts together. You know, believers in China wish they had the freedom we had here. They sing. They sing like this. Because if anybody hears them, they could be thrown in jail. And so when they come to America, they think, man, what a glorious opportunity. And they sing out with all their heart praises to the Lord. Let me remind you, onward Christian soldiers, that uh, second or third verse, I don't remember. Hell's foundations quiver at the shouts of praise. Brothers, lift your voices, loud your anthems raise. Man, I, I just I go back to my mind to that song and I think, man, we ought to be reminded that when I sing, even the gates of hell tremble. When we as a church, we say, listen, a song is a part of what's coming out of my heart and it's coming out across my lips because I love God and there's nothing that Satan can do that would ever make me stop loving him. I tell you, Satan is afraid. But here's something. If you still say, Pastor, you don't understand. I just cannot sing. You ever wanted to learn to ride a bike? How many of you were one of those uh, people that had fell, off, fell down on your bicycle while learning your bike? 
I think all of us did. My exception was my son Joshua. First time he got on his bike, he went down the driveway, and he went all the way down the driveway across the yard, and all of a sudden he just stopped and put his foot down and never fell over. I said, what kind of a weird kid does that? You're supposed to fall and skin your knee. But most of us, when we're learning a skill, what, what do we have to do? We have to practice. We have to practice, and we have to practice, and we have to practice. And the more we practice, then the what happens? The better we become at it. And so if we seek to improve something that we really value, then that means we have to sing, right? So if you value singing, we value singing, we must choose to sing. We open our mouths, we make sounds, we let the things come out, and the neighbor may elbow you and look at you and say, man, that was, br- that was horrible. And you say, well, it wasn't for you. What's wrong with you? Listen, praise God. And praising God in a tuneful ta- song sometimes can take time. And, and here's, the, here's the good thing. We can grow better at singing by singing. And once we've reached our peak, there may be a limitation to that. I get it. Not everyone has the ear or understand how the pitch and everything works. I get that. And maybe your ability falls short of a delightful sound to those around you. Let me just encourage you, a sense of humor is your greatest ally. Someone says, you're a terrible singer. Isn't the God good? Did you know it takes more talent for a person to sing slightly off-key than it does for a person to sing on-key? It is actually, actually harder to do that. And just ask any vocalist. They'll tell you that it is, smart, that, is, that is difficult. And so just smile and praise God and sing anyway. And if we have a church full of people who are excited about God but can't sing a lick, praise God! Isn't that good? Man, I'm telling you, that would be a great thing to be able to come to church and have a church full of people who can't sing but are singing at the top of their lungs. It would run all the rats out of the building. We wouldn't have to worry. There's a professional vocal coach named Kim Wood Sandusky, and she's had several decades of experience in training uh, professional singers across many genres. And she said this, We are all singers. Some of us have talents that allow us to sing with beautiful tones and good pitch, while others have talents to sing with their soul. What a beautiful sound is, uh, uh, sound we all make as singers to our Heavenly Father's ears. One of the most beautiful versions of a victory in Jesus was sung right here. And it wasn't by someone who you would listen to and say, wow, that guy should be a recording artist. It was by a guy who had been trapped in drugs and had been saved by Jesus Christ, and he had given his life to the Lord, and he sang it with his heart and with his soul And I tell you, that was the most moving version of victory in Jesus I've ever heard in my life. That was by Ike Porter. Many of you remember that, but I remember getting up and saying, wow, that was the the worst and best I've ever heard of victory in Jesus. Maybe musically it wasn't the best, but it was the best because it came from his soul. So remember, singing, we're to do so in his image and so God is a creator. Remember that. He enjoys to, uh, making things beautiful. And so God is, uh, aren't you thankful we have a creative God? And I look around the room and I see all kinds of different people that look different. And I'm thankful that we don't all look the same because God is unique and He makes us unique. He, he, we are made in His image. The Bible says this, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle and over all, all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God created He him. Male and female created He them. And God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful 
fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And so this was God's initial plan right here. Is God created man, we're made in His image, and God is a creative God. He's not one uh, that just looks at things and says, ah, you know, we'll, we'll kind of make it up. He was very creative. We can look at this in science and see the, and the astronomical beauty in the, the gargantuous things like stars and uh, planets, and we can see the beauty even in the most intricate things like atoms and neurons. You see, but God has also made things not just beautif- beautifully, but also functionally. It goes on in Genesis 2.9, And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also is in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And so even in the plants and the animals, you ever think about uh, the, the vast variety of birds, for example? And we look out, and, and I, I enjoyed bird watching uh, during uh, COVID because I had time to sit on the porch and look at the birds. It was a weird time. And uh, anyways, and I remember watching and we're trying to learn these different bird names. And I just remember thinking, man, this, these are some beautiful birds. Uh, and, and, and as we're watching these, I was reminded of God's creativity. Then I look, had, and then I look at my children and I said, yeah, God is really creative. Amen. Listen, we have, been, we have been called and created to enjoy beauty. We've been called and created to enjoy creativity. You don't have to go to an art museum or to study art to understand this. We can understand this even if you go to uh, take your spouse to dinner, for example. We don't want the food just to, ah, this is, this is pretty decent food, just be passable. Well, we, want, we want the atmosphere to be nice. We want the, the, uh, the food to be pleasing to the palate. We want it to be aesthetically pleasing as well. It's, it's kind of like your home. Many of you ladies, men build houses. Ladies make a home. And so you go into your home and, and you do everything you can to make it beautiful. Some of you like the rustic look. Some of you like the farmhouse look. Some of you uh, like the wherever it, whatever I have goes on the wall look. Hey, it, it doesn't matter. It's your idea of beauty, and you're trying to make a place that's meaningful. It's the same way in music. And we think about an, an orchestra. If I had a hundred-piece orchestra up here, and, and, uh, and, and if you were sitting in the, in the congregation, and you could hear the difference between them tuning and them playing a piece together. There is, there is obviously a rhythm that goes together in the tuning. Everybody's playing their own notes at the, at the same time, and nothing seems to be right. And then all of a sudden, it all comes together when the director stands up and it begins to wave and to begin to, uh, to direct that orchestra. You see, we know the difference because God has created us in His image. We are designed to benefit from this beauty, this creativity, and that's why we sing our national anthems. That's why we enjoy uh, things like uh, the orchestra coming together in a beautiful song. You ever thought about when you were a child? How many of you uh, have to think through the alphabet in song? A, B, C, D, E. Am I the only one? Okay, thank you. I thought I was the only uh, failure in this group for a second. But you think about this, God has created us to think in those ways. God made us to be powerfully engaged in our senses and, uh, and memories by music. We can be moved by some of these powerful songs. And songs have a power to promote and prompt a memory, transport us back to another time and place because of the way that God made us. It shouldn't be deliberate. We think about all of this and we think, listen, God has made us in His image. 
And as such, we are blessed because we enjoy things like music. Psalms chapter 19, verses 1 and 2. As we sing and we begin to uh, just lift our voice to the Lord, we show our God-inspired creative spirit when we make music. The Bible says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His uh, handiwork. Day unto day utter the speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. As we listen to our congregation singing, what what we're experiencing is our congregation is communicating to the divine author that He is Lord. You see, melodies matter, words matter, our songs mean something. They say something. And as as His child, man, I want to be able to lift my voice in praise to the Lord because it matters to Him. Singing together as we organize together and we have a song leader, he comes up and Brother Greg gets up here, Brother David gets up here. I I remember there was many times as I had the privilege of leading the songs here for over 15 years and I just remember one of the greatest joys and still is to this day is seeing people who are not engaged all of a sudden coming together with a singular purpose of praising the Lord. You see, because our singing is not like a prayer, our singing is a prayer. Oftentimes we think about, uh, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. We are praying, God, whatever you want in my life, Lord, I am ready, I am willing, Lord, I'm humble before you. God, I'm yours. You see, because our songs are a prayer to the Lord. And as we sing to God and we sing about God together as the people of God, we're reflecting the truth that we were designed uh, for this purpose, both with God and with each other, that we would lift up our voice to the Lord. And so the Bible says it's not good for man to be alone. Well, I think singing is in that category too. We ought to lift our voice to Him. Because when we sing, we show the community uh, that reflects our Creator. He is our triune God. And when His church sings together, we see that voice of on voice or like arms linked together, and we hear the voices coming together for the purpose of exalting Christ. For example, you know this one. Oh, how I love Jesus. Sing it with me. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because He first loved me. Listen, we sing that out because we know that He loves us. And because He first loved us, we love Him. Listen, what a great song. What a great reminder. Listen, we get to sing not just because God is creative, but because we get to sing with the creation. Psalms 98. One of our last scriptures tonight. I know... I know this has uh, got a little, bit, a little bit different of a message, but I just really am burdened that God would help us to be people of song. In Psalms chapter 98, in verses 4-9 through 9 in your Bible, says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. I need to share this with my wife. She always says, I sing too loud. Now I've got an excuse. All right, verse number five. Sing unto the Lord with the harp, with the harp and with the voice of a psalm, with trumpets and sound of cornet. Make a joyful noise unto the, uh, before the Lord, the King. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord. Uh, uh, he, for He cometh to judge the earth. With righteousness shall He judge the world and the people with equity. You see, to praise Him is the original desire sown into every fiber of God-designed humanity, and it's sown into the very fabric of who we are in this world. So when we sing God's praise, we join with a tune of all creation. 
We're created to sing because it leads us joyfully to our Creator. One author said this, he said, God is the ultimate musician. His music transforms your life. The notes of redemption rearrange your heart and restore your life. His songs of forgiveness rearrange your heart and... uh, Oh, sorry, I repeated that. His songs of forgiveness, grace, reconciliation, truth, hope, uh, sovereignty, and love give you back your humanity and restore your identity. You see, our singing should sound like Him. It should look like Him. It should lead our hearts to Him. And so the psalmist says this, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. His help comes from the Lord. It didn't come from the hills. It doesn't come from any of those things. We don't worship the creation. We worship the Creator. We don't sing primarily because we love singing. We don't remain quiet because we don't like singing. We sing because we love who made us. We sing because we're formed by Him, and He's the one that gave us a purpose to sing. So tonight, as we come to a close here this evening, I want to ask you to do this for me. I want, you to, I want to do an experiment. Sunday morning, we come into church, and we're here together, and we prepare to sing. I want you to sing out at the top of your lungs with everything you have. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is such a privilege to share God's Word with you. If God has spoken to your heart because of the message, stop right now and respond to whatever it is God is asking of you. Don't wait another minute. You can pray right where you're at and ask God for His help. If this message has helped you in any way, we would love to hear from you. Let us know if you have any questions or we can help you with your decision. Jesus asked His disciples, Who do ye say that I am? And He offers the same question to you today. What would your answer be?